Let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, As a real estate uh, agent, uh, you can either be good or you can suck. You can either uh, do a good job or a bad job. But it's impossible to know who is who unless you have something like realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, it looks like values uh, for homes. Yeah, well, you never know. You can never predict it, I guess. But, uh, you know, if you want to take advantage of these great interest rates, if you want to go and purchase a new home or sell yours, you need to have an agent that you can actually trust, uh, one that was designed uh, to make sure that you're not just picking like out of a hat, that you're just looking at a, a, an advertisement on a bench. That's not the way this should work. Realestateagentsitrust.com makes sure it does not work that way. Glenn designed this company. He showed up that day. He didn't show up today, but he showed up that day to design realestateagentsitrust.com. Get more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn, who's uh, not feeling well, I guess. His back. Ow, ow, my back hurts. I can't come in. One of those deals? It's one of those situations. Ooh, oh, 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 man. My gosh, yeah, look at that. There's no oh, way no. I can't. Do you have any back problems, Pat? <laughs> have you ever had a back issue before? Huh. Um, matter of fact, uh, yeah, I have. And where are you yeah. now? Or are you? I'm, I'm sitting here oh, in okay. this chair mm-hmm. at work, doing my second show of the day. Wow! Already, yeah, yeah. Not saying I'm a better human. Well, yes, I am. Um, all right, we're going to talk about. Uh, we got the border situation going on. Uh, everything's fine at the border, and what isn't fine is, of course, <laughs> Donald Trump's fault and climate change. Uh, we'll get into that. In about 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. You know what a bank really loves? A nice high percentage on a mortgage. Oh, yeah. They're playing the long game, and they know that over the life of that mortgage, you're going to be giving them way more than the cost of that actual house and the loan itself. It sucks, but it's just the way the business has always worked. Unless, of course, for times like the past year, when everything got thrown into chaos because of the COVID pandemic, Mortgage refinance rates have dipped from the mid fours all the way, in some cases, down into the twos. And fiscally responsible people such as yourself have been taking advantage of that for a while. Uh, It won't last forever, though. If you're a homeowner, give American Financing a call today. There's no hassle, no upfront fees, no pressure, none of that. I can vouch for this because I got a mortgage from American Financing in the twos. This is real. This is the real world thing. This is happening. Their mortgage consultants will do a review of your mortgage and see if there's a way to get you to save hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands, by refinancing and rolling some of your existing debt into it. You won't have to restart your loan either. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, so everything's fine at the border, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um it's not a uh, it's not a human rights crisis anymore. Is it? It's just a uh it's like a border challenge. A border challenge. Now, yeah. And now would you is it a literal concentration camp? Would you no, say? Oh no, good golly no. no? These are just uh, these are just uh migrant facilities um that happen to be jam packed to way more than capacity <laughs> yeah that's all i was I, I was looking into some of this today and they're now saying they're at 300 percent of capacity oh which i've is, got facilities at 729 percent yeah of capacity. i think that's the high certain facilities as high yeah. as 729 yeah. percent capacity which is <clears throat> there's an important detail to to think about here is that it's 300 or 700 percent of pre-covid capacity so right not not social distancing everyone's six feet apart none of that's going on at all they're jam-packing the normal capacity multiplying it by three four five six seven and then jamming them all in there together Mm -hmm. to potentially pass covid to each other and then release them into our society now what's fascinating about this is this is not a concern apparently all of all the th- you can't get together at a school or a church or a concert or a movie theater in so many places and yet this is somehow acceptable and not a quote unquote literal concentration camp i love this uh, spin by uh, i think this is abc news as they're talking about this problem and they themselves said it was over 300% pre covid capacity so they're acknowledging this issue and then they go into to talk about what is actually happening with the virus in these facilities. Listen. They're coming across the border. They're not being kept in any way with social distancing rules. We don't know how much COVID they're spreading. Since you've been here, on average, what is the percent positive of the people coming across from Mexico? Let's say from the most, most that I have uh, tested, like around 116. And from those, at least 30 are positive. And that seems to propagate that old, you know, dog whistle of, oh. hey, uh, you know, migrants are bringing uh, disease and other terrible things Wait, across the border. It's a dog uh, whistle? And that's why we need to shut them out. Wait a minute. <laughs> so you're jam-packing illegal immigrants into facilities at up to 700 and some odd percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Their own people say that they have a 26% positivity rate. <laughs> And this is reinforcing a dog whistle about migrants bringing <laughs> disease over the border? That old dog whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that old dog whistle. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We might have migrants bringing disease over the border. Unreal. You just said 26% of them, at least in this group, the one you picked as an example, 26% positivity in co- uh, for COVID. Remember, too, Central America has basically done nothing. When it comes to coronavirus this entire time, mm-hmm. I mean, they just been letting it in many in many aspects run wild in certain places. And we've seen positivity rates in Mexico, the entire country north of 26 percent, up to 50 percent. Sometimes they're not even bothering to test a lot of times in in in, uh, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they've had all sorts of, of issues mm-hmm. down there. And then you're going to open up the border as we are coming to the end of our own covid situation mm-hmm. and let these guys come across the border because i think they felt bad because donald trump was mean i i, I think that's basically the justification for it yeah I, I 
Nancy Pelosi was asked about this. This is uh, amazing what she says, because none of this is her fault. None of this is oh, no. the Democrats' fault. None of it's no. Biden's fault. No. It's all on Donald Trump, and she explains uh, who's to blame here. Let's talk about the situation at the border. We've seen a huge surge in migrants crossing the border right. since January. The number of children mm-hmm. in custody higher than it was at, than its 2019 peak during the Trump administration. Huh. Your colleague, Veronica Escobar of Texas, called the conditions there unacceptable. She oh, was no. there on Friday. Is she right? What more must be done? Uh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't hear oh. who you said. Veronica Escobar, Congresswoman oh, Veronica from Escobar, our colleague uh, from representing uh, uh, El Paso. And yes, it right, is. Thank you. Yeah. The, uh, actually, the facts mm. are these. There are mm. more children, uh, about mm. six, 700 more children, mm-hmm. unaccompanied children mm-hmm. coming o- over the border. Okay. Uh, the, uh, mm. This is a humanitarian challenge oh, to all of us. Okay. Uh, what the administration now. has inherited is a broken system at the border, oh, and they are that. working to so correct it's that. Fault. In the children's yeah. interest. I'm so yeah, pleased yeah. that the president, so please, as a temporary on. measure, has mm. sent FEMA to the border in order oh. to help facilitate oh, the children going from one 72-hour mm-hmm. issue into where they are cared for as they are transferred into family homes or homes that are safe for them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, again, is... <laughs> A transition for what was Incredible. wrong before uh, to what is right. Of course, we have to also look to le- uh, Central America and Mexico and the rest. The corruption, the violence, uh, all of that. So, bad. my most recent trip to yeah. the Northern Triangle, that, that would be mm-hmm. Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador. Just, just you saw the impact sure. of the climate change, mind you. Climate These change. people were oh. leaving because of the drought. Mm-hmm. They couldn't farm. That's when that just started too. Other mm-hmm. ways to survive. Oh, so. so there are many reasons that, that go into this. Yeah. But the fact is we have to deal with it uh, at huh. the border. And many of the yeah. people, some of the people coming there are seeking asylum. Mm. And uh, yeah. I always like yeah. to quote our friends in the evangelical like movement. At one of our rump hearings we had before we had the majority, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the representative said to us, the United States refugee resettlement mm-hmm. program is the crown jewel of American humanitarianism. <laughs> so we have certain responsibilities. Oh, well, if we somebody said it, it must be we true. I, I don't know who said that, that quote. I can't that. take it anymore. Yeah, please stop her. Uh, I, I don't know who said that quote, but what a brilliant quote it was. Um, that That's the crown jewel. The crown jewel being that we're the only country in the world that... Uh, is allow that allows just anybody who wants to come across our border to come across our border is that the crown jewel of of american policy apparently really? it is apparently just I, I, come on in we won't worry about who you are or what you're doing here we won't ask anything of you we'll just give you whatever you need i think it's important to note the smooth presentation of information there from nancy pelosi i mean that was just a, a brilliant a brilliant <laughs> yeah, it really uh, was just it was a deep dive and if she has the her hand on the facts at all times, uh, <laughs> I'm you know they're calling in Mexico they're calling Biden the migrant president Jeez. because correctly so they are sensing that mm-hmm. there are new incentives about the trip to America, which yeah. is you're being invited and you're offered amnesty. You're offered amnesty. They're going to let you off. You better get here before they pass that thing. Yep. Um, make sure you're, you're you get in uh, beyond uh, the the sort of di- deadlines they're going to set. Because if, if you if you come too late, you know maybe maybe you don't get it. So come right now. And 
of course, this is what people, you know, coyotes are telling the uh, the migrants, but they're doing it accurately. I mean, this is real. There's mm-hmm. a real sense of of change when it comes to the messaging towards Central America and that it's now, hey, come on, it's, it's time. It's party time. Come. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, just come. Come now. We're, they're going to let you in. The, the, the controversy will be about whether you're treated too poorly or not. That will be the controversy. Not whether you're supposed to be here. Just whether the, the, the treatment is good enough. Right. And the treatment is obviously great now that Biden is in control. Oh, it is. Yeah. There's um, at the one facility the in Donna, Texas, there were more than 1,800 people, uh, children, being held at this facility. 729%, as we mentioned of its capacity during the pandemic. The facility opened last month. It's been operating over its pandemic capacity for weeks. Uh, Some of the boys said that conditions were so overcrowded that that they have to take turns sleeping on the floor. (laughs) They all said they wanted to shower more and were told they can't. Um, adding that several minors were only permitted to shower once in seven days. I want to have fact check on that because once teenagers never days. want to shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's come on. Let's be honest about it. One of them shared that he could only see the sun when he showered because you can see the sun through the window. Uh, she said many, many of the children didn't have access to outside activities and were visibly emotionally emotional. They were hysterically crying wanting to talk to their families not being allowed to uh, well this is the thing <clears throat> this is the brilliance and and the the wonderful sweetness of the biden administration which when trump was doing this pat mm-hmm. he had people come across the border and because he was charging the the parents he would have to separate them mm-hmm. uh, because they were being charged this is totally different this the migrants get to be separated from their parents before they cross the border which is much more humane you see, if you just let, mm-hmm. if you just send your kid across a river by themselves, much better than the old Trump way, which is they would come together but then be separated later. Right. This way, they separate before they cross the border. Brilliant. Which is perfectly humane in every way, <laughs> and a great way to grow a family. Yes. This is the way yes. you do right. it. It's unbelievable that they are trying to claim anything other than complete catastrophe here. Well, that's what it is. It's complete catastrophe. And they're all wearing the T-shirts. President Biden, please let us in. Mm -hmm. Who's making those T-shirts for him? Who's footing the bill for all of this stuff? Uh, Who's paying for this? Something uh, is is going on in the background, too, that we should probably be aware of. Because this is a concerted effort to send people specifically up here right now. Um, And I I don't know if, if there's governments behind it. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's just the coyotes or uh, wh- what's going on here, but um, it needs to stop. And they need to. They need to be told, like President Trump told them, "You're not going to be allowed in." More coming up in sixty seconds. There's never been a better time to get out of your timeshare than today. Well, I, I, not exactly true. A better time would have been like five minutes after you bought it. Uh, but the point is, until they invent a time machine, you can go back to that point right before you purchase the timeshare and punch yourself in the face. There's no time like the present for getting out of it. This is where timeshare termination team comes in. Uh, if you've been convinced a long time ago that you were never going to get out of that timeshare, uh, it's not true. You can get out of it. Timeshare termination team has 100% money back guarantee, and they'll give you a legal 
exit. Call Timeshare Termination Team today to get the process started. Don't keep putting it off and get stuck with another year of a timeshare you won't use. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. Uh, so be sure to tell them that Glenn Beck and the Glenn Beck program sent you. Uh, 1-888-GET-YOU-OUT. That's 1-888-438-8688. Or visit them online at timeshareterminationteam.com. Have peace of mind with Timeshare Termination Team's 100% money back exit guarantee. Learn more online at timeshareterminationteam.com. Dot com. 10 seconds, station ID. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program today. Uh, it's pretty amazing that the this administration gets away with this. Um, the exact same thing that happened under Trump with the, with the children and the separation from their families... And putting them into facilities, uh, the exact situation from then is happening now. It's essentially the same thing. And this time, they're just calling it something different. And so, <laughs> it's perfectly fine for this administration to do this. How can they possibly get away with this with the media? And mostly the media is complicit and being okay with it. There are some who are... Who are starting to realize, wow, this is like uh, this is very similar to what was happening before, and maybe it really is a difficult situation to deal with, and and maybe uh, President Trump was trying to deal with it in the best way possible, and um, maybe we treated him unfairly at that time. I don't know if anybody's if that's actually occurred to anybody. But I think that they're starting to see the hypocrisy here, at least. Uh, it definitely has not occurred to anybody. That, that is not. A no. good, but I do think that, that, that that's the truth. That's the real problem area. It's not necessarily to say that, like, it, Biden should have been nailing this perfectly from the beginning. It is mm-hmm. a difficult situation it's to deal with. Really difficult. The criticism fairly to Biden can be in the change of incentives here, which is inviting yeah. this sort of behavior. On right. the other hand, I mean, what was inviting the behavior with Trump? It was that they were afraid he was going to crack down even more. So they wanted to get in before the deadline. This mm-hmm. is a whole other situation. They want to get in because they think they're getting free stuff and a free pass. But the issue was how they treated Trump. And that was ridiculous. That was really the problem here. I mean, the, the way they're treating Biden now, you could argue is, OK, well, they're recognizing it's a ser- it's a difficult situation and they're applying, uh, you know, they're giving some note to the crisis, mm-hmm. but not treating him like their literal concentration camps. That's right. probably how they should have been doing it the whole time. They just yes. changed the standard completely for Donald Trump and now want to act as if they never did it. Well, Donald Trump to them was Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. personified. Uh, Joe Biden is just a guy who's dealing with a humanitarian challenge. Challenge. That's all. It's just I mean, a how challenge. How bad is Pelosi? <sighs> a humanitarian challenge. challenge. And it's, yeah, it's not even a crisis. It's just a challenge. No. Them. The media is calling it a crisis. And it, and it is. It, it absolutely it is. is. The problem is it's a crisis Joe Biden created. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's never been a crisis before. There's been a crisis. Every single president, I think, as far as I can remember in my life, has dealt with some sort of border crisis. They haven't always been exactly the same brand or style. But they have been facing every single president in my lifetime that I can remember. There's always been an issue here, which of course is why we've been arguing for decades that you need to take care of the problem in a real way once and for all. 
Yeah. You can't just de- decide, well, we're going to expand the migrant facilities on the border and expect this to take care of the problem. Uh, you're not addressing it at all. I think the somewhat new aspect to this is the unaccompanied children. Yeah. Years past, uh, there weren't a lot of kids showing up that weren't accompanied by adults. Now, there are. There's a bunch of teenagers and even preteens that are showing up at the border by themselves. Either they've been led there by uh, coyotes, um, by human smugglers, or their parents have uh, been stopped somewhere along the way and they said for the kids to keep going. Yeah. And so what, what the Biden administ- administration is realizing now is it's tough to reunite them with the parents when you don't know where they are. Right. And you, you don't know who they are. It's it's, it's hard to you what are you going to do? Just release them back into Mexico with no, you know, authority figure? No. Right? Like that's difficult to do as well. Yeah. And of course, this is a strategy, right? As you point out, Pat, overwhelmingly we're talking about teenagers here. When we say mm-hmm. they everyone's like oh children get separated. Yeah, it sounds yes, like there's there are 5 some. and 6 year olds there. There are a few of those. Very very but mostly infrequent. it's teenagers. It's mostly 15 year olds like mid teenage type years. And yes, I understand that they're under the legal age uh, when it comes to 18 and they can't vote until they get- until they get 18 or Nancy Pelosi lets them. <laughs> but it is a situation where they are they are in a in a world uh, in the United States, where you know, what are you going to do? What are they? What are you going to do? They're going to put them in these facilities uh, with like HHS, and they're going to hang around there for a while. And then eventually, probably somebody who's already here in the family comes and claims them, mm-hmm. and they wind up coming into our into our country with their twenty six percent positivity rate for COVID. And you Fun. have to, yeah. And aside from all the disease aspects of this during a pandemic, you you have to make sure. Uh, that the person that you're releasing them to is somebody who's not nefarious, who's somebody who doesn't have uh, bad motives. And, and that's really tough. It could be sex tra- traffickers. Uh, they, they could be just about anybody. You don't know. So they have to be really careful about who they release them to. None of that was taken into consideration during the Trump administration. Nope. Zero. Triple eight. 727-BECK. It is Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. So let's face it, you know, mowing your lawn, kind of a pain in the butt. Even if you've got a riding lawnmower, you're just out there in the heat for what seems like hours, just driving around in increasingly smaller circles until you get to the end. And then you've got to, you know, do the all the other corners and the, that your mower can't reach. And by the time you're done, you're just sort of dragging yourself into the house. You're going to lie down and, and pray that death takes you before the next time you have to mow. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. Hustler Turf has been making zero-turn industrial lawnmowers for decades, and now they're making them for you. These things are awesome. They're fast, they're super maneuverable, and they're going to cut your mowing time in half. Uh, zero hustlers, uh, turf, zero turn mowers are incredible. They can, they make you enjoy mowing the lawn again, stack them up against the competition. You're going to find they're simply, uh, much, much, much better before you buy some other mower. Do me a favor, find a hustler dealer, go test drive one hustlerturf.com. I hated mowing lawns back in the day. And now with Hustler Turf, it makes it an enjoyable outdoor experience. It's actually fun. HustlerTurf.com, the best in the business. HustlerTurf.com.
Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every weekday, 7 to 9 Eastern Time, or anywhere you get your podcast, any time of the day. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn, who's got some back issues today. Hopefully be back tomorrow. Uh, 888-727-BECK. So a year later, looking at some of the inaccurate predictions about what would happen during the COVID pandemic. You know, it's hard to believe that every prediction wasn't exactly accurate, but apparently they weren't all accurate. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The 2.2 million deaths... Uh, hasn't turned out to be accurate, <laughs> for one thing. That's true. Although the 2.2, to be fair, the 2.2 million deaths was if we did nothing. Yes. Which is okay. a literally impossible situation. It's like, yeah. at some point, someone's going... When there's 2.15 million people dead, <laughs> someone's <laughs> staying home from work. So there is really no world in which that... It was a, it's a pointless prediction. But yes, that did yes. not come close to coming true. Uh, but um, some of the predictions, like... Andrew Cuomo, who I think uh, you've heard of him. I have you not. Still? Well, I've heard um, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. I've heard that. You have heard I, that. That's the main thing I've okay. heard. Yes, uh, about him. Apparently, uh, based on some epidemiological epidemiological curve at the time, he said in forty five days the state could have up to a hundred ten thousand beds that people need. <laughs> Compared to our current capacity of 53,000. He also said 37,000 ICU units would be necessary and ventilators. uh, And they only had 3,000 ventilators at the time. So what really did happen? Well, the hospitalizations in the state didn't quite reach 110,000. They were at 19,000. Just under 19,000. Not 119,000. Not 119,000. Somewhat less than 110. I don't think there is a bigger area in which these predictions missed. And Cuomo was probably the most guilty of this. But oh, it, we, so bad. These were widespread. When it comes to hospitalizations and ventilations, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were way, way off. A big portion it, of that, the problem was the CDC, who was giving these recommendations as to how many you know hospital beds and ventilators and all these other things and that would ICU be associated units. yeah that would be associated with each death then they were just so wrong on it now the death numbers their predictions weren't nearly as bad i mean some of them the 2.2 million as you mentioned was you know kind of that but in that in that same in that same uh that same that was from the london one right the imperial college of london yes. I, I believe it was 2.2 million it was. And they said mm-hmm. the numbers, you know, if we did mitigation efforts could be, you know, over a quarter of a million, which obviously, you know, that turned out to be true. There's a guy in the New York Times they, they highlighted that made it was in March and he said 480,000 deaths, but that could be conservative. And we're at what, oh. 560 or something now? Somewhere Some, in there, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Some it slowed way down, though, fortunately. Yeah, thank God. I mean, the, we're now yeah. down to, we, from where it was, we're down back to our summer peak numbers. And it's, you know, coming way down. Remember, deaths mm-hmm. lag a, f- a few weeks from, from actual cases. So that, right. that number's going to continue to come down over the next few weeks. So the of the 37,000 ICU units uh, Cuomo said they'd need, they, they actually had 5,225. <laughs> 13% of the forecast. 
Same thing was no, happening. And remember, this is his justification right. for the nursing home situation. Yes, exactly. Oh, we're going to get so many people that come into the ICUs. We're going to have to clear those out. we got to send these people back to the, to the nursing homes and everything will be fine. Yeah. And remember the big hospital ship he demanded that Trump move into uh, the New York Harbor, which... Uh, the president accommodated mm-hmm. at the time. They moved that giant hospital ship, which I think had six. Was it six thousand? Sounds about right. Beds yeah, available. It was, it was thousands. Yeah. They used five. It's five thousand. Five uh, wait, people. Just five thousand. No, five. Just five hundred. Five point zero. Five people. Five decimal. Never point used the zero? hospital ship. No, no. five. Just five people. One, two, three, three four, four, five. five. Which one? People. Which one five. was the best use, though, of those five? Can you point to? What, and we should again. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't mean to hammer Andrew Cuomo because I'm not mm-hmm. the type of person. No, you're not. Who, to make something <laughs> no. out of that, you would no. never make a mountain out of a molehill. No, and this is we know that. This is I'm making a mountain out of a mountain. Here. Yeah, this is <laughs> yes. this is what I'm doing. But a Brooklyn nursing home, <clears throat> which had you know lots of death. Mm-hmm. wrote to and, and and specifically requested and said, hey, we've got these people coming back from hospitals. They still have COVID. I know your directive says we have to take them, but hey, mm-hmm. do you mind? Can we send them over to the completely empty ship, which is like a few miles away? And why would you say no to that? Right. And Isn't they did. Isn't that what it was for? They rejected it. They rejected it. And so these people went back I, to I into, into the nursing home. It doesn't make any sense to me, And killed though. people in the nursing home. Do we know? I mean, is there... Is there a thought or have they explained that at all? Because I've never heard the explanation if there is one. That no, uh-uh, we want them at the nursing home infecting older people. That's they, what we want. Their, their, their stated ec- uh, explanation is that they were expecting this wave of people to show up and they wanted to have room for them when they did. I mean, again, it's a terrible wow. justification because this was playing out all over the country. Uh, <laughs> at, at the time, we had seen that these <laughs> numbers were a little lower. And I can understand if you have a wave, you have to come up with another another way to deal with it. Now, mm-hmm. I, it does not justify sending them back to the nursing homes with the most vulnerable people. Not at all. If facilities that wrote to Cuomo and said specifically, we do not have the ability to treat these patients. We do not have the ability to separate them. Many of these nursing homes do not have private rooms so they're mm. sending them back into rooms with other people that weren't infected my gosh and think of how bad this is not to mention you had all of the uh, the issues with uh you know they didn't have the appropriate ppe they're not a facility that's 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 designed to deal with a pandemic that's not, not what they do right it's, it's not, not a hospital. a hospital so like if you could say theoretically right if this wave of new patients came in and they felt like these people were on the the right end of covid those still uh, still contagious, maybe, you know, you had, they had to get them out of there. If they had waited for that and pushed them back to the nursing homes, you could at least say, okay, well, they got overwhelmed and they had nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. Now, my, certainly a person who writes a freaking book about leadership wouldn't use that excuse, <laughs> right? Someone who's in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic writing a freaking book about leadership in the time of a pandemic wouldn't say oh we're overwhelmed what are we going to do and how well he handled the whole thing yeah and that's that was the book the book yeah and and again you know this is he was (laughs) wow he was correct in that he was a leader he was a leader in these these policies that killed thousands of seniors Mm -hmm. he did lead in that way he was 
He was uniquely bad in the United States of America for a governor. But you could at least justify the policy if he waited until the wave came. He preemptively emptied the, emptied the beds and put them back into nursing homes. And, uh, you know, the death toll is, is gigantic, including rejecting totally reasonable requests from nursing homes to say, hey, we've been reading about these this giant ship. Hey, you know the Javits Center? that you prepared for COVID patients. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no one in it. What do you say? Maybe we put uh, the patients there instead of the, around the ones here that aren't contagious. No reason not to. No reason not to. I mean, and yet they just didn't. They wouldn't do it. it. And we should point to, out on this book. Number one, they had a report that came in about these nursing home deaths. And they, we now know that his top aides went in there and edited the actual number of nursing home deaths out of the report. That is not a question anymore. Wow. That is known wow. that they went in there and edited it out, obviously for politics. That edit happened four days before his first public comments about his book. Four days. Mm. So it's incredibly clear to me, Pat, that this is what was going on. That he was, uh, he knew this book thing was coming. He knew he wanted to cash in and make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so he lied and and edited this report so that we wouldn't know how bad of a job he did. And in addition to that, we should note on the book, I saw a stat the other day that he had sold, uh, I looked at this, I, I had to read it like two or three times because the first time I'm like, did he really only sell 400 books in a week? I was like, that's what it was. I think it was this one. I looked at it. I was like, wow, 400 books. That's it in an entire week. And then I reread the sentence and no, it was 400 books in an entire month plus. It was like a, a, a month and a week. Gotta be kidding It was me. like, you know. Uh, wow. 400. I mean, selling wow. nationwide like Jeez. five or 10 books a day is the pace. <laughs> That is a breakneck pace right yes, there. Really, right there. Think of That's that. Crazy. Uh, you know, so oh he. Gosh. The book has been. You know, it had this a big launch at the beginning, <sighs> and I think it sold something like forty-five thousand copies uh, since since the beginning. Altogether. Remember, this is when he was in the yeah. a huge praise uh, period of his governorship, and mm. he got a seven-figure. They say low to mid seven-figure bonus on this. There's no way he's going to earn that out. I mean, this is oh, another no miserable failure. These <laughs> book companies keep complaining about people not buying books. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. I give out seven-figure advances to these dolts yeah. that yeah. can't that cannot do anything as far as sales. Uh, strangely, though, on the uh, Cuomo front, there's somebody who actually noticed a little something uh, about the uh, Cuomo brothers, both uh, of the awful Cuomo brothers, Chris and uh, Andrew. Eric Wemple of the Washington Post was on CNN over the weekend. And he actually commented on CNN's uh, love-a-thon between the two of them. Listen, watch this. But I would be remiss, Brian, if I didn't mention CNN's own huge media story here with Chris Cuomo, uh, the anchor at the nine o'clock hour, who covered Andrew Cuomo and had all these wonderful love-a-thon interviews with him, more than 10 of them. <laughs> And they suspended the conflict of interest rule for Chris Cuomo for those interviews. Yet all of a sudden they've enforced it again now that Andrew Cuomo is in the midst of an historic scandal in the Albany State House. So I think that that is a major black eye for CNN. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you for noticing. 
that's, I mean, one of those rare instances of some journalistic integrity where he's actually calling out CNN on CNN. Uh, you never see that. What, did Brian Stelter respond to that? Do you know? I, you know, I, I, I didn't hear the I, response. I didn't either. I, I, I'm curious. They cut it right there. Because it is one of those things that is so obvious. It's mm-hmm. such it's such a blatant disregard for any journalistic uh, integrity. Uh, they, they this, had, yeah, the CNN, th- the Lovathons he talked about. Yeah. Did over 10 of those interviews. Over 10 of them. Ten First of, of all, they were always, always from the beginning, horrible. There was oh, never anything was endearing about them. They were always horrible. Embarrassing. But they had a six-year ban in place for Chris Cuomo to interview Andrew Cuomo. Six years. And they withdrew the ban during the most important story of all of our lifetimes. Wow. And then they're like, well, you know, arguably. Uh, certainly in CNN's lifetime. Yeah. And then they, they take it off when Cuomo... It's not about even the the sexual harassment stuff, which he deserves questions on. But like, it's also the same story. It's the nursing home thing. It was happening mm-hmm. at the time they were doing the interviews. Yeah. And in, and now they're like, oh well, now we've reinstituted the ban. And none of these, I have not heard extensive coverage uh, about Cuomo and the disregard of that of of those standards. They have talked about Cuomo and his nursing home thing. They've talked about the CNN as a network has talked about. Um, uh, the the sexual harassment stuff they've talked about it but they have not put that side by side with how they dealt were dealing with the coverage at the time which is the important part when it comes to cnn mm-hmm. you threw journalism completely out of the window because you thought the cuomo brothers were funny together and because you wanted to give andrew cuomo a pass which he received for eight months and now, finally, uh, the other, you know, other media sources, largely more like the New York Times, and certainly the New York Post has been on this the whole time. But the Times and the Times Union and, and some of these other papers have finally started to pick up on this stuff recently. But, I mean, they gave him a complete pass. Yeah. You, you, I'm glad somebody called them out. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. So, uh, if you are the type of person who has Apple earpods uh, or some of these other headphones that kind of stick in your ear, they hang out or they fall out a lot of the times, they have the little like, I don't know, it looks like you're wearing earrings because they kind of come down below your ear. You're going to love Raycons. Um, Why would you want to do that? Why would you want those? If you've never tried Raycon, that's probably the reason. Because if you try Raycon, you're not going to go back. Uh, Raycon is, first of all, a lot less expensive than like apple earbuds and they're so much more comfortable they don't fall out of your ears even when you're lying down like you can go to it's like if you want to like listen to a book as you're falling asleep you you don't you know you can't do that with with the apple ones you have to these fit flat on your ear so you could just lay down and it's it's nice and easy right now for a limited time they're on sale along with all of raycon's other products might be time to get uh, one pair maybe two uh, because you know the kids are going to obviously steal them which happens all the time you need to check these things out raycon's uh, offering 15 percent off all of their products right now and you just got to go to buyraycon.com slash back b-u-y-r-a-y-c-o-n uh, buyraycon.com slash Beck. 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Beck. Some more great news on the COVID front. Uh, they are now saying that social distancing doesn't need to be six feet. 
Do you see this? Yeah, you read about this? You see this in the paper today? Kevin, you How many you, feet you, shall it be? Three. Three, three just feet. three feet sufficient. Say so, no, I think there's no difference between six feet and three feet. No difference. No difference. Because I think I, I remember hearing that Europe was using three feet at the beginning. Really? Yeah, they were And they, then they were probably warned off of that and now it's back to they're that. back to six feet. Now, now they're back, back to three. Three. So. I, I will say this. There's a lot of things I want to get rid of from all this COVID year. Mm. I really don't need to, to speak that closely to other people. <laughs> I, know, I, I, know, I know. I know. It's like everyone's like, oh, true. I want to get rid of this social distance. Like, I, what, I didn't we make it. fun of the close talker mm. thing when Seinfeld was on? Yes. Like, I'm, I'm fine yes. moving back and co- talking to people a little distance. Yeah. It doesn't need to be I never see another human being again, but I wouldn't mind standing a little bit away from everybody. I went to a wedding reception <laughs> this weekend. At somebody's <gasps> house, where you you did what? I went to a, a wedding reception. You yeah, bastard. yeah, you bastard. Not one single person was wearing a mask. Oh my gosh! And this no is... one was socially distanced. How dare so, you? It seemed pretty normal. Like everybody was just. I get to, normal. The thing has been, you know, this the the idea of lockdowns has like maintained. It's not been like that in a lot of southern states for a very long time. Joe Biden's yeah. like. By November 2027, <laughs> yeah, you like, might be able to see your children again. <laughs> no, like, we're, wait, I we're don't. already doing that. And, uh, in fact, we're just making out with strangers on the street right now. I don't know where you guys are, but that's that's where we are. This is the Glenn Beck Program.